Hey folks, get ready for some comics. Uh, also get ready to hear like a kind of hum in the background because that's the heater. Um, We're not going to do this <laughs> Normally I have a, uh, an electric heater at my feet, which helps to maintain the show. Uh, whenever we do a live show, that's off the rack Elseworlds, even when we're on the weekly poll, which will be tomorrow. And uh, But right now it's too cold, so I got the, uh, I got the, the, the fan going. Usually we kill the fan so that you don't hear it, but uh, we're doing that. We're doing it. So hopefully it won't be too annoying. No. That being said, it's comfortable in here, so that's nice. Exactly. And a comfortable us means a comfortable show. What? Well, if we're uncomfortable, we're going to try to zip through the show. We don't want to do that. Where to put this? Right there. Where I put this? Ah! Yeah, it is really off the rack. Because of me. Because I have off today. So. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. I'd like to have off every day. <laughs> That'd be nice. All right. Let's do it, shall we? Yeah. All right. Shall us? Shall us? Join me, shall you? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. This is a comic book review show where we take books from the past week and then recap and review them, tell you what we thought about them, and then mm -hmm. we tell you what we should uh, pick up next or this week. It's yeah. coming out. So, uh, we got a bunch of books that came out this week. Mm -hmm. um, next week is going to be Slim Pickens for me, but yeah. I think you have a couple books as well. I do. Like, I really only have two I'm looking forward to, and then two I'm just like, hi, don't forget this is happening. So, That's, you know. right. That's right. <laughs> um, of course, you probably already knew this live stream was happening. If you follow us over on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash comicpop to get weekly updates about what's happening here behind the scenes at Comicpop, early access to videos, and of course, know what goes on behind the scenes. It's a lot of fun. And get, you know, early... Access. Access to a lot of different stuff. Um, there's actually a whole Good, Bad, and Ugly episode that, came, that we released to the patrons uh, about a week ago that won't see the light of day for a week or two anyway. So, there you go. It's a whole <laughs> video. It's just for you, basically, for a little while. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, let's jump into it. So, there are a bunch of books that came out this past week that uh, a lot of people have been talking about. Yes. Uh, I thought we'd talk about one of them. This sure. is a book that just I... Just one of them. Just one of them. And then, and then we'll just stop. And then we're forever. just going to stare at you guys for the next like 50 minutes people would watch that probably you not but you know other people would later under live stream fails that would be their their viewing <laughs> uh this is a book that i recommended last week that i was like hey i'm gonna check this out see how it is yeah this is a uh, marvel comics presents featuring wolverine captain america and namor right uh, wolverine in his classic like mustard costume yeah <laughs> it's true he doesn't wear it in the, in the in the comic but uh it's fun to see it's arthur oh. adams cover so it's like arthur adams doing like you know what he's comfortable drawing. Right. Um, I love seeing the mustard brown uh, Wolverine suit. Yeah. I love it. I, I liked to think in my head as a kid when I was reading comics uh, or starting to read comics that, like, you know, the, the yellow and blue, mm -hmm. that's the uniform he wears when he's with the X-Men. Yeah. And he's got the mustard. That mustard suit's like when he goes on, like, Wolverine solo adventures. That's right. what I wanted to imagine. Mm -hmm. It's not true. It was, indis it was you know, random. Right, right. The, the thing that really was the visual cue for me was when Wolverine's in the yellow and blue, he has a belt buckle with an X on it. But when he's wearing the brown... It's just a regular belt. It's, it's just a it, belt. It's just a, like, he just needs to keep his trunks up. That's right. Just a big belt buckle. <laughs> and the belt buckle is his way of saying, like, yo, I'm going solo today. Yeah. Maybe I'm doing a weird team-up. Uh, neither of those things happen in this issue. But oh. uh, it's three individual stories about these three different about each of these different characters. Okay. Um, they are all done by, like, mainstay creators uh, at Marvel. Okay. So, you know, you're not, like, getting... This, this wasn't, like, a weird Trojan horse. Like, let's let's what if this 
book. Here's a bunch of randos who don't get work or have not yet gotten work. Right. You know, no, it's like we're talking about Charles Soule and unfortunately Greg Land and other people like that. Um, the first one is a Wolverine story okay. uh, in which Wolverine, it's a flashback to World War II okay. where it's basically the intro to the Hellboy movie where Wolverine and a squad happen upon a like mutant gypsy woman magic user okay. who is being forced by the Nazis to resurrect a demon. Okay. Uh, she does at the behest of them because she, they're threatening to kill her son. Uh, she then... She's not Magneto's mom? No, she's or not. Or not Magneto. Um, not, not Dr. Mag- Doom's mom? No. At least that's not what they've said so far. Like, she's, a very, she's a unique character. She's... I believe it's in France that the, that the story takes place and she's French herself. Oh. Um... She kills everyone. Like, okay. she shoots a blast that murders all the Nazis and all of the allied forces. Sure. But Wolverine was one of them, so obviously he's fine. Look, when you're dealing with area of effect spells, like, sorry, allies. Exactly. So Wolverine fights the demon, and then the lady uh, banishes the demon. Because she's like, I just did it to save my kid. Right. I was going to put it away, probably. Like, once I had the upper hand. She's going to put the demon away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Get back in the box. Get back in the box. Get back in the bubble in this book. Oh, okay. Uh, and then she's like, but uh, she gets killed. Um, and Oh, no, it's a girl. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant I meant daughter. In any case, uh, she the, the mother dies. The daughter lives. Uh-huh. And Wolverine is inexorably tied to the drama <laughs> of this demon's resurrection, which will happen probably when the daughter is, like, sexy. Right. And, like, <laughs> and Wolverine's also like, I don't. I don't want to raise a kid. He doesn't... I don't, I don't know if he raises her, but he certainly... It's not part of the continuity. Okay. Uh, the next one is a Namor story in which uh, Namor fights in, like, World War II. Okay. Um, he is instructed by the Allies to go stop, like, a cool Nazi super weapon in Argentina. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, the Allies drop a... Well, America drops uh, uh, an atom bomb on Hiroshima. And Namor is like... That's horseshit. And they're like, yeah, we, we, we told you to go do that because we knew you wouldn't let us do that. Oh. And then uh, Namor tries to prevent the Nagasaki bomb. He doesn't. Okay. But um, he does detonate it, like, above ground. Okay. And so... Can he they, take that? Yeah, he can take that. Okay. They all assume he can't, uh, and then he blends in with the natives and, like, just kind of, like, fades into obscurity. Okay. And it's just a cool, like, righteous, indignant story about Namor and sure. about the Japanese. Okay. Uh, another one is uh, by Anne Nascenti, and it's Captain America who, who befriends a teenage girl in, like, rural America who has no future or hopes or dreams except to become, like, a, a stunt motorcycle driver. Uh, Captain America is also a... Oh, my a God, mo- don't do it. Don't make any deals with anybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? That'd be great. <laughs> cool chick ghost rider. Uh, and her name, but they all call her Bucky, and it's all going to be this weird yeah. crossover thing. It'll be an Infinity Warp. Yeah. So Cap and she, like, bond. The mm-hmm. mother is outraged because she doesn't want her daughter to die on a motorcycle. Sure. And Cap's like, get over it, old lady. leaves. <laughs> And that's the book. It's just three individual what a stories. Square. Yeah, it's cute. It's fun. I recommend it if you're like, if you love those characters, you're gonna love how they're portrayed in these stories. Yeah. If you love Marvel Comics Presents, you're gonna love the the this new format. It kind of sure. looks like a weird like, the cover betrays what it's all about. Like it looks like it's a preview book. The cover okay. of it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's actually three different stories. And. Uh, and if you're like, Marvel's bullshit now, and they don't tell stories I like from 30 years ago, well, here they are. There's literally just like that. Okay. It's fun. 
Um, and the Greg Land thing, you can you can kind of if you squint, it'll be better. <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Okay. I, and I'm glad I gave it uh, the old college try. Sure. Uh, what about you? Um, okay, let's talk about random things that we read this week. Random things. Random things. I don't know why I said it like that. I picked up Black Widow number one. You did. Written by Jen and Sylvia Saska. Okay. So, um, they're sisters. Yeah. They've written horror movies and been in random things. And, Interesting. Uh, I know them from the TV game show Elevator. No, it's them! It's, it's the, the elevator. elevator. It's the elevator girls. Oh um, and they're God. writing a Black, Black Widow, Widow book? story. I was like, what? Why didn't you give them any horror character? Okay, like, like if you're gonna write like a like if you're gonna do this like stunt casting with these two chicks, yeah. do a miniseries about like Satana. Right. That'd be cool, and they would love that. Are you kidding me? I don't know. That's just that's just me throwing things at the wall here. Um, so that you got to kind of keep that in mind in a way. Um. But, uh, you know, Natasha's back from the dead after, you know, Secret Empire. Yeah, she's a clone, but nobody's talking about it. Well, yeah, but they, they mention that. In oh, here. do they really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's in, weird in that their, the Elevator Girls are fans. In the recap page, they oh, mention it. Oh, right. like, they had an you know, she was, She's a clone and all that stuff, and, like, she's got memories and stuff like that. Um, but the, the rest of the world presumes she's dead. Okay. And, Makes sense. Um, so... She's trying to keep it that way because she's a more effective spy. Spy in that sense. Yeah, if she's not like a card-carrying member of the Avengers. Yeah. Right. What's always funny to me is when she wants to remain a spy and she keeps her like signature red hair. Right. I well, because it. if she went blonde, <laughs> then she would be confused with the other Black Widow who's blonde. Right. But there are other. There are other hair, hair colors, colors you can choose from. Right. But like, or she could like cut it or make it something. a pixie cut or something. Well, she like does that. have shorter hair in this. Um. But anyway, um, it's New Year's Eve. Um, like. There is a party going on, and at this party is in attendance a, a Captain America, but it's not Captain America. Is it evil? Is it Stevel? No, 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 it's not Stevel. It is just a different person dressed up as Captain America, like, spouting off, like, opinions that are not Caps. Okay. And, like, Caps, like, no! Caps shows up, he's like, yeah. get out of here! He's like, no, this is stupid. There's too many, no, I'm Captain America, we're not doing this again, all right? I'm clawing my way back up here, uh-uh. So, okay. like, he makes a big spectacle of him going into the building so that people see him, and he's saying hello, and there's a lot of people who are like, you suck! Right. Are you still hailing Hydra? And a lot of people are like, you're a great <laughs> it's fine! He's are, like... Are you still hailing Hydra? Right? Like, yeah, and he's like, my life is going to be like this forever, isn't right. it? Right. And as anyone would do, he's really internalizing the negative, and I'm paying to the positive, because it's a lot easier to do that. The negative is louder. It is. Even it, if, you it know... It seems like it is. Don't take it personally. Yeah. But, um, so... Cap crashes the party, the other Cap's there, the other Cap's like, yes, I am, like, surprised there's another Captain America here. And Cap's like, dude, not cool. I thought this was a Black not Widow book. Not cool. Yeah, well, while this is all going on, Black Widow is infiltrating, like, the basement of the building where there's, like, a crazy, um, guardian, basically, looking thing from Breath of the Wild. Oh, cool. Like... And it shoots lasers, and it, it's hard it to kill. It has a bomb, basically, on mm. it. And she sees there's a bunch of hostages down there and a bunch of mercenaries. And, like, she's like, well, I'm going to have to kill them all. And Cap's like, you could not. Like, you could he's talking them. to her. Yeah. He's like, they can't see me alive. And he's like, you're a spy. <laughs> yeah. Use something else. Right, exactly. You can't kill them on my watch. Yeah. And um, so she, she ends up taking them all out without killing them. She stops one of the spider things, and then she, um, while she's like, breaking down the one, like, spider guardian thing, mm -hmm. um, Cap shows up, mm -hmm. and, like, she's like, so what was it? Like, you know, clone, whatever, like, they have surgery. 
And, like, the, like, he's like, oh, it's surgery, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know what's always funny about that? Like, whenever they've ever tried to do that with you, like, they never quite get it right. Because mm. there's always, like, you, you have a crook in your nose, like, from when you got hit when you were a young kid. Okay. And they never get that right. But let me help you fix it, because it's not Cap. Right, exactly. So she, like, fights him. Cool. And then, like, he's such a mustache-twirling-style villain. She's like... All right, well, I know he has another, like, of these, like, spider bot things, so we'll have to go and stop that. And, like, so they do all that. Sure. But, like, she's hyper-violent about it, and, like, she nearly kills the other Captain America, and Cap steps in, and she's like, what does it matter? Right. Like, <laughs> he was going to kill all those people. Right. Down in Times Square. Like, it's like, because she's have gone over this a million times, but whatever. Right? And um, she's like, she's like, here's the thing. Like, some people aren't, like you you know like i have to do what i like is my nature and she and he's like that doesn't have to be your nature and she's yeah. like yeah but it is like right now you're better like cap because of what happened to you um and i am not better because of everything that's happened to me yeah and um the whole world thinks i'm dead and by the way it was you that killed me so you know <laughs> you really can't preach to the choir here mm-hmm. so natasha realizes that like since she's not been like following her like instincts even though she dealt with the red room and all that um she's afraid that it's going to bubble over and spill out and like, it won't hit the right person. Like, she's like, what if I go into like a, like a killing frenzy yeah. and like, I don't kill someone. What if I get into a Wolverine berserker rage? Exactly. So she decides she needs to go someplace where she can be a, like she can target herself. Right. Like, or target, not herself, target someone else. Okay. So she goes to Madripoor. Where she can go kill people and Cap won't give her a hard time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she goes to Madripoor and like, she, you know, immediately like gets into like a brawl. She's looking to like, get a job basically like you know i need i need Cover something story. to do oh i see okay. like um not as like as an avenger, as an avenger like or just as... give me like you gotta have it like somebody that you need some help with yeah so she runs into tiger tiger okay which i was just like burning bright yeah right in the forest yeah the man so um yeah so inevitably it turns out like um she Tiger Tiger is like the the closest thing to like justice and like law and order on in, in Madripoor, okay. but like n- like not really. Yeah, no, it's so like yeah. So she's like, you know, Tiger Tiger's like, you know, what? I could, I do need some help with something, and she's mm. just like, no, I'm not an Avenger here. I I, I want to kill somebody. <laughs> okay. She doesn't say that, but like that's bizarre. That's what she's indicating, uh-huh. and she's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not looking for Avenger help here, and she shows her this like youtube video style thing where it's like there's this thing called no restraints play and like someone's been stealing children from madripoor okay and then like doing the worst things possible to them uh-huh. and like the idea is like certain individuals are reached out to if they'd like to bid in and whoever gets the highest bid gets to direct the stream and t- say what happens to their victim right and so it's going to be natasha dealing with that and then like some dude shows up and is like you know oh you uh, we're going to use you for no restraints play like you know sure i get yeah. it i get mm-hmm. what they're doing with this um the book was fine uh it, it's not very spy like to me but like right now i think they're working through like natasha's like trying to adjust herself with like having the knowledge of what she is right now what happened to her and like just working through some things okay um not a whole lot of like spy stuff going on here more like action heroine right and at times i found like the dialogue it needed like another pass to really be tightened up yeah like there was like a moment where like tiger tiger just has this, like sort of like info dump and i was like Ugh. all right, right like, like you could have made this more organic yeah exactly um but you know that might just come from two people working together and 
not really editing one another, especially mm-hmm. with their family. So I don't know. I don't know what their process is like. Um, but I'll give it another shot. Sure. Again, if nothing else, because like I get such a kick out of those two show ladies. elevator. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, by the way, we had a couple of super chats, and oh, that's sure. a great way to participate in these live shows. By the way, it helps keep the lights on, and also it's a great way to uh, hear some feedback from the audience. Mike Chronic, for example, said, "Uncanny X Men's amazing. They killed all the X Men." Well, spoiler warning for that one. <laughs> uh, and uh, Super Luigi X says, "Hi, my two cents. Just waiting on Tiffany to talk about Justice League Dark." And I can't wait to talk about Justice League yes. Dark. Yes. And by the way, if you want to watch Tiffany talk about Justice League Dark for like an hour or so, you can watch the episode of Back Issues we do. It's a sister show where we talk about a book in depth and tell you the. Re- cap what happens with some fun colorful commentary uh, on the just league wonder woman event the witching hour yeah, which yeah. was an incredible show and you did a great job hosting exactly uh, so check that out yes and just for clarification yes the saska sisters are those like they are film directors yes i happen to be more aware of them like, from elevator from elevator because that's one of the most recent things i've seen with them being involved right um, exactly so they were also somewhere in josie and the pussycats apparently oh really i guess i was looking at their filmography oh, anyway cool but yeah the elevator. The elevator. <laughs> uh, so, Amazing Spider-Man rolls along from Nick Spencer uh, with Ryan Otley on art. This is Amazing Spider-Man number 13. Okay. Um, I don't remember what the legacy number is, but it's it's somewhere in here. Uh, the Stanley Memorial variant kind of screws that up, but uh, looks nice, I guess. Yeah. Um, this story continues the, the, the adventure of... Uh, if you remember from like four issues ago or whatever, Kingpin was throwing a gala dinner in which he was honoring J. Jonah Jameson and he wanted Spider-Man to present the award because Kingpin is mayor of New York and wants to turn all of New York's superheroes against Spider-Man by being like really nice to Spider-Man, but being really hard on the other superheroes because all the other superheroes have A, never worked with Spider-Man and B, are super petty. Uh, it works only in the context of this story, but it's still kind of a fun little plot point. I'm sure. mentioning it only because like, meh it's kind of like i want this to happen so it does as opposed to like this organically would work and make sense with these characters even still kingpin wants to drive that point home so he's doing it to make fun of both j jonah jameson and spider-man they go jameson gets kidnapped and uh they go through kind of like an it's a wonderful life like this is your life j jonah jameson this is what you've done to screw up um they throw a bunch of j jonah jameson's failures at trying to kill spider-man in his face including the, the scorpion who Jameson created, mm-hmm. uh, and also characters like the Big Man. Um, we uh, in the last issue, we're caught in a uh, you know a big fight between like a giant version of the Big Man from like the sixties. Okay, uh, and he's gonna crush Jameson and Spider Man, uh, and basically uh, Spider Man gets his ass kicked, and okay. then uh, before dealt the killing blow. Uh, the pilot of the giant mech robot of the big man, Frederick Foswell Jr., um, comes out of it. Frederick Foswell Jr., you may remember, uh, probably what hasn't been used in the past 25 years, uh, but he's here now, and I read a funny uh, Spider-Man Reddit thread in which somebody theorized that Frederick Foswell Jr. is the scorpion, or the, um, the, 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 the centipede, centipede person. The human centipede. The human centipede, uh, because of a lot of different reasons that they went into full detail. Right. Uh, I was like, oh, Frederick Foswell Jr. That'd be kind of neat. The fact that Spencer is bringing him out now, and the fact that he had been laying the groundwork for that, like those breadcrumbs, yeah. indicates that maybe that guy was right, or maybe... It was more that he, like, Foswell was the red herring, and Nick Spencer is showing his hand by being like, I read a lot of Spider-Man. Right, right, right. 
Either way, we more or less see that, like, Jameson is kind of a crappy person who's made a lot of mistakes. I don't know if you've gotten that over the long and illustrious career. I was gonna say, career. I'm like, what? Yeah. But Foswell's father, Shocked like, face. I know. Foswell Sr., uh, screwed up, became the big man as part of, like, an undercover story, but then, like, loved being the big man. So he's like, screw, like, screw clean living. I'm gonna be a gangster. Right. Uh, he then was arrested. Jameson felt bad for him, gave him another shot at being an investigative reporter. Then Foswell Sr. fell back into being the big man and died. Okay. But, so, okay. I don't know much about the big man here. Does he typically have a giant mech? No. Okay, is he just... Is it just a name? It, it, it's a pseudonym, but it's also. But he literally was that too. He was also a big man. Well, he, he played the big man. The big man is a costume. Oh, because I was gonna say it must have been really hard when like people were talking about like crime in New York originally, like between the kingpin and the big man, because like. Oh yeah, they're two. They're both big men. I know. <laughs> it's, yeah. Or I never. When, I or when you're talking about Santa. Too, right, the like... big man with the bag. <laughs> Either way, uh, so Foswell wants to get Jameson to team up with him to kill Spider-Man. The whole thing is an elaborate, like, let's kill Spider-Man plot. Right? But, like, listen, Jameson has been, like, not his biggest fan, even though now they're friends. They're friends but, like, now, yeah. I don't see him crossing that line nope. to committing that kind of crime. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, and uh, But I'm just saying, like, why would you think that? I know. <laughs> because he hasn't been in a you, Spider- because Foswell Sr. hasn't been in a Spider-Man comic in 30 years. You delusional moron. Exactly. <laughs> He's just sad his dad is dead. Yeah. So, uh, basically, Jameson uses his former mental telepathic connection to the Spider-Slayer robots that they used in an earlier story to get the upper hand on Foswell Sr. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Foswell Sr. shoots Jameson in the shoulder before Spider-Man can save him, but he's still, you know, it's a flesh wound. Uh, and... Wait, that's Senior? I'm sorry, Junior. Junior, junior okay. Um, and uh, the big man robot is set to self-destruct, so Spider-Man, like, basically throws it in the air and it doesn't kill anybody. Yay! Uh, Spider-Man and Jameson have a fun little, like, back and forth, but Jameson's like, I'm a real screw-up, and Spider-Man's like, me too, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Jameson finally shows up at the Kingpin Gala, and he's like, Kingpin's a phony, and it's all bullshit. Bye. Wow, look how grumpy he is. Yeah, he's very grumpy. As a result, and uh, through a number, because mo- they're, they're, I, well, I thought it was going to be because Kingpin has his fingers in many pots, but uh-huh. like it turns out, it's just because uh, Jameson has uh, a, you know a radio show in which he slams sure. Spider-Man. That's like why he got the job, but now he's been using it to be like Spider-Man's great. Uh, he shows up to work and he's been replaced by like farting DJs because like that's the radio. Right, right, right. And uh, they're like, "You're fired because you were hired to talk about Spider-Man being crappy and you're talking about how great he is. So get out." I thought it might have been like a kingpin manipulation, but yeah. they don't. They don't like have a, a a scene of kingpin like silhouetted behind the guy going like, right. so I don't I don't know if it's real or not. Okay. Either way, Nora Winters, a character from like recent history of Spider-Man, who helped create the like underground Daily Bugle replacement paper frontline, okay, shows up because she wants Jameson to help work with her. So you're like, oh, he's going back to we're, we're getting the paper. Yeah, yeah we're getting yeah. we're getting Jameson back into the paper, which I, I, it makes sense to me. That's really fun. Uh, Scorpion gets kidnapped by Black Ant and Taskmaster and put into a prison full of like classic rogues that Spider-Man has had, including <gasps> Stegron and Vulture and, and tarantula, the tarantula, who died in a previous yeah, story. Like, wait, but what? Tarantula dies a lot, so let's just pretend like it's fine. He has his lives like he has legs. Oh, Eight of them, maybe. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, or as a clone. Who cares? Right? Okay. All I know is, like... All I know is there's going to be some thucking going around. That's right. People will be stunned. 
Uh, I will say uh, this is a this is a fun read, a cute story, sure. deep dive. Okay. Um, the art is not doing it for me. I'm not an Otley fan. Really? It's ultimately, not a not an Otley fan. I'm sorry. Okay. It's very stiff. It's very angular. There's a moment where like Foswell gets like wrapped up by the Spider Slayer robots. Yeah. Jameson is in front of him. Then, like, you see the gun, and it looks like it's pointed away from him, but then it shoots straight and shoots hand. It's it's a mess. Okay. And any time that anyone is front-facing and has to, like, have their arm doing anything, it looks like he drew the arm, like, over here, like, or he drew it separately. Right. And then tried to, like, add it, like, later. I don't know. It's not... It's not for you. It's not working. Okay. And I've been saying this a lot, like, that this series feels weird. Okay. It really feels weird. Like, this series feels like it's, like... Everything you want, but there's something missing. Right, right, right. Okay. And there really is. And I don't know what it is, but it feels hollow. Okay. It's a fun story. I'm enjoying it. I'm buying it. I'm in, I'm, I'm, and I'm reading it. Yes. And it's setting things up and fixing things. So for that, it's like, it's good. It's like, it's good foundation laying, I think, for like the next person to take over Spider-Man. Okay. Because like... Slot was like, ah, here, I put all the toys back. No, you didn't. You messed everything up. You didn't put any of the toys back. You just, you cosmetically did that. And Spencer is like actually kind of right. fixing it. No, you put them back. They're all in the wrong place. Right. And some of them are broken. Exactly. So like putting it back doesn't really help. Yeah. You did technically clean up. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so Spencer is doing a nice job. Okay. There's, there's nothing superficially wrong with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. There's just something weird about it. Something funny. I wouldn't be surprised if like there was a moment where Nick Spencer's like, it's actually Dan Slott! <laughs> Another clone song, everybody! Like, it really feels like that's... Like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I don't know what it is. Okay. But Otley's art is not helping. Okay. That's uh, fair. Ben Bastion says, Hey, Tiffany, I was wondering if there were any cool indie books at the moment. Yes. Yeah, there's lots of them. No, there really are lots of them. I don't mean to just be like, yes, off the top of my head. Um, even though it's wrapping up sooner rather than later, uh, check out Magic Order if you're looking for something magical. Um, Isola, if you're looking for something really lovely and beautiful. Middle West, if you're looking for something um, from Scotty Young that isn't so, like, cartoony. Oh, you cool. You know what I mean? You get the feeling Scotty Young wants to do, like, really adult stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I really appreciate that, like, he's getting a chance um, to, to do so. You know right. what I mean? Like, I like when artists get a chance to, like, stretch their muscles and uh where is the other thing uh ice cream man's pretty good you can check out gideon falls too it's a little darker a little like woo, you know <laughs> um and then oh it's gonna oh i don't it's some it's i don't i don't have it like in my recently downloaded books here on comiXology mm-hmm. but there's one that's like about ugh, space <laughs> it's is space um written by oh and die die you love if die. you're looking for like a magical like RPG, like D&D, Jumanji, die. That sounded really terrible, like I was telling you to do that. Yeah, but don't. Don't do not do that. Don't do that. Outer Darkness, if you're looking for something like supernatural, religious, but in outer space. Yeah, that sounds dope. So there's some, some couple couple of fun little things you can go check out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Rusky9111 uh, says, Out of the 18 ongoing spider titles is amazing the one to read. Yes. Because <laughs> there are, like, there's a million Spider-Man books. And some of them have been canceled, and some of them have, like, you know, short lives. But, like, too many Spider-Man books, too many Spider-Men. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think this is the one to read. Okay. Especially if you like Peter Parker. 
If, yeah, you, yeah. if you think Peter Parker is great, you should read this. There you go. Uh, also, is Nick Spencer a friend of the show? Uh, Nick Spencer has... Uh, we've spoken to him at conventions. He is not. He does not know what we are, who we are, what our channel is, and he has never responded to a request to be on Elseworlds. I don't so, even remember ever talking to him. It's very... It, it was very uncomfortable. That's probably why I don't remember. It's yeah. like my brain put that away. Anytime anything super comfortable happens, either like... That's one of those things that my brain pulls out right before I'm going to bed or yeah. you're like in the shower. I'm like, just totally relax. Mm-hmm. Psst. Hey, how about you feel bad about yourself? Right. What? No, no, no. It wasn't no. uncomfortable. It wasn't like we had a weird interaction. It wasn't okay. like we were like, yeah, nice job on Secret no, Empire, no, no, dickhead. I know, but like, we're like, no, hey, was... hello, how you doing? And they're like, mm. I'm trying to remember what show it was. We were with Benny and Rob. Oh. We'd flown there. Uh, uh, Emerald City? No. I flew there? It's the only yeah. one I flew with you. Well, then... Maybe we drove there. It was... I feel like you were there. Maybe it wasn't me. Well, anyway, it was weird. Oh, we met him at New- we we met him at New York, but I w- met him again before that at another show. Okay. I don't remember when it was. Okay, that's fine. Oh, it was Philly. Oh. It was the Philly show. It was it was a Keystone Comic Con. Really recently? Yes. yes. And I was there. Yes. When you talked to him. Yes. Yeah, and it was very weird. Wow. It's was like, like my, it's like I checked out. He was super miserable. And like really, really standoffish. It was like, yeah. And there was no line, and there was no reason for him to be so negative. I it was really, that really weird. Now. Yep. No, I just threw that in the. Now like, that being said, maybe he was just unhappy that like there was no one at the show. Yeah, which is fine. Like that. There's a lot of reasons for that, and they're gonna fix it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to the next show. Yes. Uh, Gorgon Fishel says, "Do you like Stephen King? If so, favorite books? Uh, on writing it, uh, I really enjoyed Christine when I read it back in the day. There's a lot of them." Yeah. I've read many Stephen King books. I... Oh, The Stand. Yeah. Read the first two-thirds. I am less of a reader of Stephen King and more of a watcher of Stephen King. <laughs> exactly. Oh, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't feel like I'm qualified to answer that. Fair enough. In terms of books. Okay. And Zyko the Psycho. I see Batman No Man's Land in the background and coming back issues. No, this is where I keep my books. <laughs> Um, just kidding. Just kidding. Keep, oh, okay. Uh, keep up the great work. Road to 100,000. Thank you very much. Yeah, we just hit 75K and we're doing a big live show this Friday, the 25th, uh, starting at 3 p.m. and going on um, to celebrate. Yes. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you very much to those in Super Chat. Let's move on. Uh, book you've done. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about, I think, what's my absolute favorite book at Marvel right now. Like, my favorite book at Marvel. Yes. Right now. Unsurprisingly. Right now. This is my favorite book. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with Doctor Strange. No, that's weird. Right? It's Conan! <laughs> the Barbarian! Ah, Conan! Conan! Look at the muscularity! I know, actually, this cover is gorgeous. Yeah. Ugh. Did you figure out, is it, is it, uh, Oh, I didn't even Ribic? look. I was just like, wow, look at the cover. It is, yep, it is a sod Ribic. Nice. There are a bunch of variants by, like, oh, Chris Boschelow did one? <sighs> anyway, um, there's a bunch of variants. Anyway, yes! Conan! Conan! Conan, uh, written by Jason Aaron, with art by um, Mahmoud Oh, Azrar, yeah. Which, the art in this is fantastic! So good! Um, this is Jason Aaron telling you the life and times of Conan. It's like, he uh, seemingly is doing like a, let's talk about like King Conan, and let's talk about like, let's have what's, every... what's where he's going to end up. Well, but like, we're also going to talk about his life. Uh, as younger Conan. Right. Like, a lot of it's seemingly, like, prior to some of the more well-known stuff from at least the movie. 
I am not, I'm not going to pretend like I'm like, I know. You read all the Conan books. I don't. I straight up don't. I really picked this up because I was like, I have to see what Jason Aaron does with this. And yeah, like, I enjoy Conan the Barbarian, the movie. Yes. The second one is also a thing that exists. It's hilarious. Um, I think Jerry Conway wrote that movie, by the way. Yeah. But beyond that, like, I never really got into too much Conan. No. Um, Even though there was, there's quite a bit of Conan comics out there. There are. They're really, Dark Horse had the license for a good long time. Marvel had it before that. Yes. Now, do you know, because I remember the first double page splash of the first issue. Yeah. Showed you panels from the previous, like, Marvel run. Yep. Is this building off of that, or is this Jason Aaron kind of starting at zero? Um, no, I mean, like, they, like, he talks about, like, Conan's, like, had a long lineage. It's not like he's like, and here's Conan as a boy. Like, we don't talk about that. Like, no, just, that's like, true. You know who Conan is. Yeah. Get over it. And they are doing legacy numbering on it. Yeah, which is kind of neat. So, um, yes. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, um, this book focuses a lot on just a, a one-off adventure with Conan. And, like, they do bring up the previous issue and what was going on, because he fought uh, the Crimson Witch. Okay. And, um just, you know, like, ended up being, like, waylaid by two children of the Crimson Witch. Mm -hmm. Because the idea is that, like, she is attempting to summon this, like, crazy blood death god thing, and, like, because Conan has avoided death so many times, there is much blood magic in him because of that. Which is, like, cool, cool, right? Like, yeah, yeah, of course Conan has avoided death. He's Conan! Yeah. Um, But um, this this issue talks about the Pictish. Okay. Um, Conan is, um, on one of his many adventures when he was a young lad, um, and, uh, he's across the river from this jungle where there's, like, a fort, and there are, like, these, like, natives called the Picts, and they have, like, been attacking the forts, and, like, we find out later on that, like, the, like, civilized world has been, like, encroaching on them, Mm. and, like, you think you're getting that story. That is not the story you're getting. Okay. Which is kind of spectacular. I was like, oh, Aaron's gonna do, like, a, like you know, like, allegory for, like, you know, Europe taking Imperialism, over. Imperialism, yeah. Yeah, like that, exactly. That's not really what this is about at all, which I was like, that's kind of cool. It's, yeah. It's about Conan. Okay. Um, so, it, like, the the Picts had attacked one of the forts and, like, slayed a bunch of people who Conan had been, like, working with, and so yeah. Conan goes on, like, a bloodlust, like, is, like, hunting these, like, Picts through this, like, thick, dense, crazy jungle. Sweet. And, like, he claims that he'll take, like, 17 heads, but, like, he's taken many more than that. And, like, he's just hunting them down. And, like, the picks fear Conan, like, this wild barbarian yeah. who, like, has been stalking them, even though they're meant to be, like, the hunters of the jungle. Right. And um, so he's he's hunting these dudes. And, like, all of a sudden, like, one of them, like, is alive. And he's just like, I'm totally going to kill you, you jerk. And then he just gets yoinked away. <laughs> and, like, Conan's like, huh. Mm. And he looks up and there's this tremendous snake. Like, it's gigantic. Oh, sweet. It's a giant snake. It's called a ghost snake. And then a whole bunch of them show up. Oh, crap. He actually saves the guy, and then two of them grab the guy and, like, start to rip him apart. Oh, and no. And it's just standing there, and he's, like, surrounded by snakes as they're devouring the corpses Ugh. of the picks that Conan killed. That's dope. And Conan's like, okay. And he gives a little laugh. He's just like, I'm going to die here. You know what? I saw the world, though, so that's pretty badass. Right. I'm gonna, it's fine. And he just, just tears through these snakes, mm-hmm. and, like, he passes out. Okay. Basically. And when he awakens, he's in a picked village and there's a shaman there. And he's just like, yeah, nah, I didn't have to save you, but I did. Because when we found you, you were literally like waist deep in like venom and blood and you had consumed so much venom, it would have driven people past the point of madness. But you're still okay. And I think that you were sent here for a reason Mm. and that's to help us. And he's like, why would I help you? Like, (laughs) screw you. You're my enemy. And he's like, we're really not your enemy. Like, you're not even, you're not those people. Right. You just work for those people. I don't get it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not like asking you to go... like, kill them, 
because they've been encroaching on the land, we've never seen the ghost snakes, like, hunt together like this. Mm. And there's a lot of them, and they're going to destroy us all yeah. if we don't, like, take down their king. Okay. And, like, so inevitably, like, Conan agrees to work with them. He's just like, fine, whatever. And in this, like, the shaman, like, uses as part of his, like, argument that he's like, you know, I've heard, like, stories about you. And um, they call you barbarian. You're not meant to be of the civilized world. Right. Like, you're more at home with us. Like, I don't, I don't understand you. And Conan's like, I'm not at home anywhere. And he's like, <laughs> cool, all right. Anyway. Um... <laughs> he's like, so he agrees. And then, like, they're like, welcome home, Conan. Ha, ha, ha. So then Conan leads a bunch of, like, raids on these snakes. And, like, as he does so, like, um, the, the warriors he goes out with, like, look at him with hate. Mm. Because he's like, they're like, you killed a lot of us. And right. Now we have to work with you. The shaman <laughs> says so. Yeah. And like the shaman's like, I'll do everything I can to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. If you leave the village though without like like agreeing to fight for me, I can't guarantee you're going to get back across the river because there's a lot of picked tribes out there and they all really hate you. Right. So they go on a lot of successful raids, raids. and um, we see Conan's life in the camp where he's alone. He doesn't talk to anybody. Um, like someone goes to offer wine and one of the other pick warriors is like, he doesn't get wine. Oh. He can, he, he can die in fire. I right. don't care. Yeah. Um, so inevitably though, like Conan finds it as he's like living there, he, he begins to like understand them better. Okay. And he like grows to like know these warriors as true warriors and their women are like, like just super tough as well. And their children like know the face of death and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. it's like really cool. And he's just like, yeah, all right. These guys are... <laughs> These guys are okay, right? Yeah. And as Conan, like, works and toils and, like, doesn't sleep a whole lot and, like, really puts everything he has into helping them, the picks begin to respect him as well. Okay. To the point where, like, like he is, like, at one of their, like, big fire celebrations where essentially they're doing a ritual where they're going to try to call forth the king of, like, these ghost snakes. And, like, there's, like, wine being passed around and there's women and they're like, hey, Conan. He's like, this is pretty okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um... And so, like, inevitably, like, they set up, like, a Braveheart-style stand where there's, like, big things and all that stuff, and they call the snakes, and, like, Conan's like, here's the thing, like, just don't, like, don't stop fighting. Like, mm. we'll just, we're gonna take them down, and inevitably, like, the snakes come, and then they end up, like, coming from beneath the ground, and, like, it's it becomes a shit show real fast. Sure. But they have to just keep fighting, and then he, Conan knows the only way to stop this is to find the king yes. of them. Yep. And Kill so the he's, like, he's looking around, mm -hmm. and he, like... The, the shaman was like, you'll know him when you see him. Right, because he'll be wearing a little crown. Right, now, he has, like, a giant hood, like a cobra-style hood. So it is like a good crown. And, like, Conan is, like, you know, like, he, I think he says it, this was the first time he fought against a king. Oh! And I was like, that's cool! That's like, neat. That's kind of fun, especially in terms of, like, the movie. Yeah. And snakes and, and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Conan ends up totally killing the snake, and it's really cool, and then they, like, roast the, the, the king's head on a spit, like, in the camp. Oh, uh, that's dope. And, like, Conan's, like, packing up. He's leaving. And, like, right. the shaman's like, you don't have to go. Right, you could just stay here and be part of this tribe. Right, like, he's just like, you totally have a home here, like... And, like, Conan's like, I really should leave. And he's just like, I'll walk with you to the river because, like, I can't guarantee your safety with the other picked tribes because they yeah. don't know what's been going on here. Right. And he's just like, no, I'm, I'm totally fine. And he's just like, look, like, 
you're going to go back out there and I'm pretty sure you're going to find that things aren't what you remember them to be in a way, because now that you've experienced this life and like what we have to offer, you will not find comfort in the civilized world. Mm -hmm. And Conan's like, I have to, I won't find comfort anywhere. If I want a home, I have to find it and make it myself. Ah. And like, I'm like, we're setting up the idea the King of King Conan, Conan in, yes. in his head. Because he never earns the right, he becomes a king, he, he takes the kinghood. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, he leaves the camp and he says, like, I, I will find my own way across mm -hmm. the river shaman. And, like, he's like, okay, but, like, <laughs> you can't ever come back here. Mm. And he's just like, I get it. So he does go back across the river, back to, like, the civilized realm in a way. Um, and he finds that, like, the wine there, they must have changed the taste. Uh. And he's not interested in the women there as much. And he hears um, the drunken, like, soldiers there, like, talking about, like, Conan and how... Like, oh, I can't believe he's back. He must have killed all those, like, savages. Ah, it's incredible. And, like, he just, he just leaves, like, disheartened. Yeah. And as he's leaving, the two children from our current timeline, like the, the King Conan like, oh, yeah. kids, are there at Ooh. that time. I'm like, that's really cool. So they are something otherworldly. Yeah. And that, like... They are like one of the like one of the orphans says so they're like you know oh is, is now should we get him now they're like no no he has to like he has to ripen basically <laughs> he's not ready yet okay and I was like cool like he's really like Aaron's just doing a really good job of like setting up everything and like making callbacks and like just giving you a lot of depth yeah. to the world and history of Conan not that other stories I guarantee you have done that before right but I haven't read them. And so and, I'm enjoying this. And so I'm really, I'm really digging on this. Yeah. And like the art's just gorgeous. And I actually show you um, that there is another Conan story coming out, right? Conan the Barbarian, number one. Okay. Uh, gone to print, I guess, or like maybe they're doing a rewrite. They're probably doing a reprint. A reprint. Um, but they did a uh, Alex Ross oh, cover. That's awesome. So that's pretty amazing looking. So yeah. Whatever that's gonna be for. Also, if you pick this up, there's part two of a novella. Oh. In the back, if you want to. Is it also written by Aaron? No, this one's written by uh, John C. Hawking. Okay. Dedicated to Roy Thomas. Cool. So, That's great. Really fun. Again, this is probably one of my favorite books from Marvel right now. I don't blame you. Because it's just really cool. Mm -hmm. It just makes you just feel very cool. Makes you feel really cool when you're reading it. That's how Conan should make you feel. Right? Conan. Conan. Uh, the Red <laughs> Samurai in the Super Chat says, You want to know what I want to see, Sal? A Spidey book about the Peter Parker from the Into the Spider Verse film, written by Donny Cates. Also, the way you say Mahmoud Azrar is Memuth Azrar. Cool, thank okay. you. Um, yeah, I guess I could see that. They wouldn't sell it, because, like, it, he's young. Right. And he, he can't be old. <laughs> it's unrelatable. Uh, Jack Rudy says, uh, are you disappointed by the new Spider-Man run? No, I'm not disappointed. It's just kind of like... You're just unsure. I'm confused. Okay. Joshua Wright says, is it just me or is Slot moving way too fast with Fantastic Four? Six issues in, already on the fourth story. Feels really disappointed and already dropped from my pull list. Yeah, I dropped it too. It's really boring. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if Zdarsky didn't do such a good job with Fantastic Four with the Marvel 2-in-1, uh, I might have been more on board. But being like, here's a better version! There goes the four. <laughs> and Ben Bastion says, this is a super weird idea. It probably shouldn't happen, but I hope it does, since it would be awesome to see Daredevil Guardian Devil, as it would be a huge change from the show, and as the icing on top of Kevin Smith could direct it. Uh, yeah, if they made a movie of Daredevil based on the Guardian Devil plot, I think that'd be kind of cool, especially against the landscape of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, that'd be cool, too. I'd be yeah. down. Uh, Kev would not direct it uh, because he'd be too unsure of himself. Um, he might write it. Yeah. I wouldn't trust it, but he could. He could be a producer. 
That'd be great. That'd be so smart. Like he could come in and be like, "Hey, let me help you out with a lot of the dialogue." Exactly. Sequences. Yeah, that'd be kind of that'd be kind of fun. I, I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with Daredevil being a movie franchise in the MCU. Only if Charlie Cox plays Daredevil, though. Yeah. Um, we can talk about Detective. Oh no, wait. Uh, Return of Wolverine number four came out. It's by uh, Charles Soule, Declan Shalvey. It's terrible. Don't buy it. Um, Detective Comics number nine ninety six came out. It sure did. And um. The, okay, so we both read this. Yes. Uh, so just as a quickie rundown, um, Batman beats the hell out of like his rogues gallery to try and get information about the clandestine murderer behind the Batman rogues gallery clayface monsters that have been tormenting him, um, who killed Leslie Tompkins and attacked Alfred. Yes. Um, Zorro stabbed Alfred with a yes. rapier in the last issue. Yes, yes, yes. Which put Batman on a tear. Um, also, Batman called Damien and had date because they're on the outs because mm-hmm. Damien's a psycho murderer and shouldn't be in the comics. And um, Damien has returned to help. He performed surgery on Alfred. Performed surgery on Alfred. Yeah. Uh, and there's an indication that maybe they can patch the rift between father and son. As well, well, it's more like Batman's like, we have to do this. Yeah. Well, because my family's being torn apart. Yeah. So I'm not going to like lose you now. We don't need to be torn apart within when mm-hmm. we're being torn apart from without. Exactly. Uh, so Batman basically pieces the, the puzzle together and determines that like Henry Ducard uh, may be at the, uh, maybe behind it. Right. Uh, because he has, a, he has some stake in it. His son was killed. Oh yeah, uh, no. in a and Batman he, adventure. And he looks like he's uh, in a position to do so. Oh yeah. Living in like a cave of skulls. Eating with- like... These are sardines. Yep. He's eating like that. He's eating sp- sardines. He mentions eating spam. Yeah. Uh, Batman shakes him down, and Ducard's like, "Yeah, that makes sense. I look like a criminal mastermind right now, able to hatch like, schemes from across the world." Hiding in the catacombs with like rats everywhere. Exactly. Batman's like, "There's good eating on those." Yeah. Hey, listen. You gonna finish that rat? Because I used to eat they, they, those are delicacy where I'm from <laughs> in the in the cave. Um, they get into a fun fight. Uh, and then basically Ducard's like, no, <laughs> like no. it's, it's not me. And then a big goop monster of Batman's rogues gallery attacks. Yeah. And like, it's really cool because it's like, I thought it was cool. It, it's, it's totally cool. I have no, I don't love it. I'm not like, I can't wait for the action figure. No, no, but no, But for no, me, no, I'm no, like, no. this is a neat I idea. I conceptually having it look like that, but then also it having like weird memories. Yeah. Associated with it. And whatever's like the most prevalent face. Face there. Or is, is talking. What, yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. It was, it was cool. It is like, it's more than I expected to see. Like it's like, it's a lot to look at. Yes. Um, so it definitely like, it, it's not. It doesn't have, like, a horror element to it, even though it should. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there's just, I don't know, something about it. But yeah. anyway. No, it's really cool. Of um, course, I like the fact that Poison Ivy was there. Yep. Because, you know, that's the only place apparently I can get her now. Oh, yeah, you know, she's dead. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> there's, it's actually interesting. I like um, Mr. Freeze is bitching about Nora. But yeah. there's a great, uh, like, blend in dialogue where yeah. Harley says, my puddin' Nora. And yeah. it's like, they're all just, and it's just, like, a cacophony of, like, Batman's failures. Yeah. Um. Ducard dies. He sacrifices himself to destroy the goop monster, um, losing yet another of like Batman's, you know, history. Those who shaped Batman. And that's what he realizes. Yeah. He's like, they're not killing Batman, they're killing those who created Batman. Right, at least when he puts it down, he doesn't think to himself or say, checkmate. Right, thank God, because <laughs> he does have like a bishop's uh, piece. So he goes, 
to the Himalayas or whatever. He goes to the North Korea uh, in, like, the mountains where he was trained by, like, a guru. And he faces against Kyodaiken, which is really cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's the last surviving member of the Order of Batman's Training. There's, like, a cool, like, the, the guru dude who trained Batman at this stage in Batman's development survived and Kyodaiken, like, defended him. Yeah. But then, like, Batman almost, like, beat him to death because he's not thinking 100%. Yeah. That, like, he shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. And he so admits then, that. He's like, I should have thought with my head. Yeah, I should have opened my mouth and talked instead of just fighting you. Yeah. Um, but then uh, he's stopped by their mutual uh, sensei, and he's basically, like, they nurse him back to health, and then Batman's like, cool, you guys made it? All right, I'm gonna go. Because, like, the, one of the goop monsters kills, or it kills most of the hordes yeah. of... Uh, trainees, yeah. but it is it, it, it was defeated. And I don't know if it's the same one. Or it's, if it's either defeated or it was run off or whatever. Yeah, but um, it's not coming back. Yeah, and the idea is that they'll rebuild. They're yes. like, we'll be fine. So then uh, Batman goes to New Mexico to meet another uh, person who helped form Batman's training. Mm -hmm. There's a master escape artist in the form of the original Mr. Miracle. Yeah, which I was like, what? Which is... <laughs> Like a crazy deep dive. Yeah. But uh, basically, Thaddeus tells Batman, like, get out of here. Like, this is all part of, like, the, you know, the plot. Uh -huh. So, you know, you've you've doomed us all. And, uh, and then it kind of just stops. Like, the two of them get sucked in. Like, they're on, like, a platform that flips over. And yeah. I'm sure it's part of the defenses of his. Right. But basically, they are now beneath the desert. And yeah. then, like, to be continued. Yeah. And you're like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, this is a really fast-paced issue. Yeah, it didn't... There was no time wasted. No, and it's like, it's fun to see uh, Batman, like, lagging behind initially in this series, and now he's, like, catching up, and, like, us watching him catch up to yes. what's going on. Absolutely. What's funny is that, like, we still don't know who is really behind this. Nope. Um, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. I initially had thought, I was like, maybe it's the Court of Owls. Because right. it has to be someone who knows him. Yes. And, and I like... was worried it was Hush, because <laughs> everything is. Right. But uh, let's, we'll see. We'll I'm, a, I'm excited see. to find out. I'm, it's a fun little mystery that also involves, like, Batman intimately, and that's cool. It, ooh. Intimate what? Batman. Yeah. Uh, anything else you got? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, of course. I know. Uh, Justice League Dark, uh, number oh. seven, came out this week, and it was phenomenal just a phenomenal book um it's another one where it's like hey we're still setting up what's going on with um just justice league dark as a whole and yes. like setting up the next arc but this isn't like a like hi this is part one of whatever in no. this next arc this is like a here's some more information let's tell it to you in a really fun way Ooh, okay. that like harkens back to some of the old school style of like telling comics in like short stories oh great right like just a lot of fun for me what a perfect like halloween issue mm -hmm. but no let's put it in january because why not because i'm james time in the fourth and i'm gonna tell horror comic whenever i want to right. and tiffany's kind of okay with that seriously um oh if you got the um alternate cover for this it's amazing it's just like justice league dark members fighting a tree made out of like a skeleton it's like a big skull i remember that cover tree. you showed me i was like what the hell i'm like check it out um, anyway, um, it's a, it starts on a dark and stormy night. Oh no, in, in that's great. the Hall of Justice, beneath the Hall of Justice. Right. Where the Justice League Dark's, like, command center is. Uh-huh. And, um, 
we uh, sneak up on um, Man Bat, oh, no. who is in the midst of logging what's been going on with the Justice League Dark, and he's just like, oh, hi, I'm sorry, I didn't see you. Literally, he's addressing us. Oh, no. I, it, you know what, though? It is... That's cute. It is so... I thought this was really... Like, this frames this really well and what Tynan's doing with the information he gives us. I was like, sure. this works. This completely works for me. <laughs> Not just because I'm a big Justice League Dark fan, although I'm sure that helps, but, like, for me, I'm just like, nope, nope, this is this is absolutely okay. Eh, hair. Um, eh. Anyway, um... He's like, here's the thing. We've been seeing a lot of crazy, horrific things over the past few weeks, and I try to write them down, and I know Bobo doesn't like me to do it during the day because, it, like, me typing really bothers him. Okay. He doesn't like the sound. Um, but he's like, so I do it late at night, so I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even be writing these down. Like, it seems like I shouldn't for some reason, but oh. I'm going to do it. But, you know what? Let me tell you one of them right now. Okay. So then we get Tales from the Other Kind. Okay. So um, this one is The Soup. And so... Um, Man Bat, uh, or Kirk, yep. starts, um, I- I'm going to go back and forth between those two, sure. telling us about uh, one of the other kind, because the idea is some of the other kind are sneaking in. They're mm. getting into, like, our universe right okay. now, and, like, the Justice League Dark has had to deal with them. Deal with them? They haven't dealt with anything. No. But they're investigating, and they're trying to stop other people from getting near them. Okay. Um, so we, we learn about, um, this, like, company, or, like, this place that people can go when they're really, like, they're bad people. Who just need to like let loose and like <laughs> feed their like crazy inner desires, mm-hmm. and you can like you can deal with the Morning Star. Oh, so Lucifer then? Yeah, but not. Oh. Now I know in Lucifer's book right now, I think he's taking a sabbatical, and I don't know if those two tie in because I haven't honestly been keeping up with Lucifer. So it is the Morning Star though. So put your head right into that realm, regardless. Okay. Of like it's like it's some sort of like devil demon hell thing. Mm-hmm. Got it? Good. Um, we meet this gentleman who's like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Patrick Cadness or Cat Cadence. Okay. And uh, he goes there because he has specific tastes and he's desiring certain things. Mm-hmm. And like, he's greeted by this like very exotic looking woman who is clearly a demon. And she's just like, don't worry, we have the utmost scrutiny. And like, nothing's recorded here. Mm-hmm. So come on in. It's totally fine. And then we find out that Zatan is also there. And she's chatting with the Morning Star. And she's like, hey, look, like, you are pretty much the worst of the worst. And my father always warned me never to make a deal with you. In fact, right. he like he made sure that it never would happen. But like, we need to like you need to like abandon ship mm-hmm. and like pull everybody out of here, go back to hell, and prepare for refugees. Yeah, because like it is real bad. He's just like, honey, I know all about this. Yeah. I know all about it. It's fine. And honestly, right now you should be thinking about making a deal because when this hits, like we could totally use as like one of the Zatara family, like mm. like armed to the teeth. She's like, it's not happening. Yeah, and um. Then we see, like, the chick from the front, like, the receptionist, essentially, is being held up by this, okay, you know slimes from D&D? It's like a, it's a gelatinous cube. Yes! And it's, like, filled with, like, bones and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Imagine that in, like, guy form. So it's, like, a walking gelatinous being filled with like organs and spines and eyeballs and just bones and everything all in the wrong places Mm -hmm. with no facial features and it's holding her by the head and she's like i tried to ask it what it wanted and then i tried to stop it Mm -hmm. and then she like she's like i watched it go from room to room and she's this moment where she's like is this what fear is oh that's cool i was like that's so amazing and then he takes her head and he just starts squeezing it and then she just splats into those like green like goop sweet and like it's kind of the same color he is 
So, um, like, the Morningstar stands up and is like, oh, this is one of the other kind you were talking about. Cool. And, like, Zatanna's like, all right, let's get ready. Like, call forth, like, your reinforcements. And he just banishes her from okay. the office. And he's just like, hey there, other kind. Let's make a deal. Mm. And he's like, you're going to, like, you know, whatever. Like, at the end of the day, like, if, at the snap of my fingers, I could call forth, like, a horde, an of army. Of these gross, gloppy things. Oh, no, of, of demons. Oh, right, of demons, Because yeah. the other thing can't talk. Mm. And um, I guess he has he's like, so I'm cool. Like, you know, wait, let's just let's just make this work. And um, then we do hear him talk because like Lucifer does snap and nothing fucking happens. Oh. And instead, like all this crazy, like liquid soup, so to speak, comes flying into his office. OK. And um, like you hear the, the being go like did hell first. Like he's already been to hell oh. and wrecked it. Wow. And Lucifer's like. Holy shit. And you just hear him yelling, or not Lucifer, the Morning Star. You just hear him yelling no. Yeah. And then, like, Kirk's like, yeah, so, you know, that that happened. Right. So, okay. that's cool. So then we learn about the next story, The Conjoined, mm-hmm. um, where we go to the streets of New Orleans, um, where there is a man named Andrew Bennett. Okay. Who is I Vampire? Oh. And we talk about his like desire to stop Mary Queen of Blood from blah 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 blah. Right. I am I am aware of I Vampire, but not infinitely familiar right. with him. Right. There's a book. There's a book that's been recommended to you a number of times. But yes, just, and we have it. We're um, pretty busy. But um, so essentially, he's like, uh, I Vampire is uh, tracking down uh, a vampire. He runs into this like uh, cemetery. It's cut and dry right. vampire stuff. <laughs> New Orleans. Vampires, cemetery. Right. Here we go. Makes sense. Um, but um, he ends up, like, running like, into the guy, and the guy's just like, you have to, listen, you have to kill me. <laughs> okay. And the guy's like, why? The vampire's like, why? What? Yeah. He's just like, you have to kill me, because otherwise, it's never going to stop looking for me, and I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. And so he ends up killing him, but, like, because he was going to do it anyway. Sure. And then all of a sudden, a vampire's like, tangled up in all these vines mm. and like you hear Bobo go like oh no 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 never mind not him he's good he, I know this guy this is <laughs> my vampire something uh. let him go it's it's cool mm-hmm. and they have like a back and forth about how like you know Bobo's like look I get you're here to like do whatever it is you need to do but like you can't go into that crypt because we're dealing with something right now and, he, and like he's like but the vampires are down there and that's what I'm here to stop and he's right. like but not this time like maybe not this time like we're gonna have to like nuke this whole site from work <laughs> basically okay and so, like, I Vampire just does his, like, standard vampire thing, or, like, a standard vampire thing that I've seen where they turns into mist, and off he goes, and he goes to the crypt, and he goes down there, and, like, he has this moment where he, too, is just, like, he hasn't felt, he didn't know his heart could beat faster, Ooh. except for when he gets down there, because, like, something's off, something's not right, and then right. he sees these, like, crazy columns that have, like, lights attached to them, mm-hmm. like, like, flaming torch things, and when he looks at them, it's, they're mangled like faces like it's like their flesh mm-hmm. and it looks like the column is made out of people but like molded together right like not like here's a person here's a person, yeah yeah person. no they're just like it's just like you've made a putty out of people yeah it's like really old school doom like yeah that's awesome so then he goes downstairs and the moment he sees what's down there he's like oh my god i shouldn't have come here mm-hmm. and he flees immediately and what he sees down there is the conjoined, and it's like these two other kind who they're one being, and it just goes, join us. Yeah. And you can see all these other, like, vampires and things down there, and they're, like, writhing about as they're being, like, joined into one another. Yeah. And so he flees, and he realizes that, like, it will never stop looking for him. Oh, now. And I'm okay. like, 
I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. So then the last story is called The Offspring, and um, we're up in the Arctic, I believe. Yes, the Arctic Circle. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a submarine ship up there, and they uh, got, the U.S. government got, like, word from the ship captain, who was just like, no one can ever set foot on this ship again. Okay. Do not send anyone up here. Like, just let it go. And then he <laughs> killed himself. Like, oh, on shit. message. Like, okay. he shot himself. And so, naturally, we sent in a team. Yes. Um, we sent in, uh, Shade sent in um, Frankenstein's team. Right. Okay. And um, so, while they're down there, they're like, they're, like, investigating everything. There's a bunch of dead bodies. And, like, they notice that, like, one of the bodies, like, there's a hole in them. Mm-hmm. But, like, all the organs have been, like, removed. But, like, the skin hasn't really been disturbed all that much. And they're okay. like, that's creepy. So it was drained. Kind of, except like literally, like everything's been eaten out of yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah. it was looking for meat. Okay. And it's like has tiny teeth. Oh. And so then, like, um, while they're investigating, Wonder Woman shows up. She's like, "You have to, you've got to leave. Mm-hmm. You have to leave now. <laughs> to get off this ship." Okay. She's like, "We're dealing with something here," and like, you know, and they're like, "We've seen a like mon- a few monsters in our time, Wonder Woman. All right, like uh-huh. we we can we can take this." And I think they start asking about how often they've actually stopped these beings that they're looking for, and she's like, "We haven't." Right. We have, we have been totally ineffectual. So then, like, um, Frankenstein's like, I'm going to have my team split up and start looking around. And Wonder Woman, he go off. And they find this, like, body that has no head and has, like, all these, like, scar. Like, as though it's, as though, like, an autopsy had been done on it. Mm. But it's, like, sitting up in the corner of, like, a ship. Yeah. Like, of, of the ship itself, of the submarine. Okay. And then they, like, hit it with a light and all these things start moving around uh. under the skin. Mm-hmm. And it, like, bursts open and all these little tiny other kind come running out of it. Mm. And it's the offspring. Right. And so they immediately attack Wonder Woman and Frankenstein and they just start burrowing into Frankenstein. Oh, cool. And so, like, they're just ripping into him mm-hmm. and he's like, you have to get out of here. Right. Like, I'll deal with this. Because, mm-hmm. like, he's like, I can come back. Yeah. And it's totally fine. And so, like, he tells his team to get out, and his plan is he's going to detonate the nuclear element on the sub. Okay. With them in him. Right. And so he, he tries to keep them contained, and there's, like, this incredibly, like, grotesque imagery of, like, him crawling along, and they're, like, bursting in and out of him as yeah. he's, like, trying to make his way through the sub. Mm-hmm. And so he takes the key, and he does turn it, and, like, he... He detonates he it. He detonates it. Yeah. And, like, for a moment, then, like, at the end of that, it's like, oh, cool. And then, like, Bobo's, like... Or not Bobo. Uh, Kirk's, like, wait a minute. Did I write that? I don't remember writing that story down. Like, I remember hearing about that story, but I don't remember writing it down. I guess I wrote it down. I don't know. And then he's like, wait, what the hell is this? And he picks up a piece of paper, and it's the, like, it's the, like, script, not script, but, like, there's, like, language on there that is meant to be, like, how they've presented each of the other stories, where okay. it's, like, presenting the whatever, like, the soup, the other kind, the conjoined. Sure. But it's all written backwards. Oh. And, oh, um, no. it's called The, the Rip. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it's actually, like, it's about Zatara, mm. like, being in this other place, and he's alive. Okay. And um, he's in, like, this crazy battle, and he just keeps, like, he'll get hurt, and then he heals, and he's there with Sargon, and who has, like, this gem of life, and, like, they've been in this, like, crazy battle for a while, and he realizes that with the other kind being there, like, they've never been closer to being able to actually contact everybody else out there. Mm. And he's like, my daughter Zatanna doesn't seem to understand how important she is, and so, like, you have to give me the gem, and we have to give it to her, because she needs the information that she needs now. Okay. So he takes it, and Sargon, like, turns to dust. Um, we also see the rip, which is this crazy, like, it looks like it is a rip in the sky, mm-hmm. but there's all these, like, insane, crazy, giant tentacle things that are coming out of it. Okay. So, like, they're screwed. Like, Zatara's gonna die. Yep. Um, 
But anyway, he takes the gem and he tells it to like in backwards mm-hmm. to go and find Zatanna and mm-hmm. like give her the information she needs, basically. Right. And like Kirk's like, this isn't right. Like I didn't write this. Where did this come from? I don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe I should just burn all these stories. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, we see behind him um, the upside down man. man. Yeah. And he's there and he's like, he tells us to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and um, oh, I'm sorry. Also, Zatara makes sure to talk to Sargon about the fact that he's just like. They're working on their stories because they're magic and myth. And so if their stories take hold in our world, it makes it all the harder for them to be defeated. I was right. like, that's really oh, that's really cool. cool. And like, so Tynan's playing with the idea of the power of word and story and myth and legend. Wow, and that's all that. actually doing a better job of being Vertigo than Vertigo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, the idea is that like, when Kirk leaves at night, the Upside Down Man has been coming and like, writing some of these stories yeah Kirk reads them right and makes them real yeah or makes them and myth. i'm like that's really cool yeah that's great i'm sure that's going to come up oh yeah it's not like it's a random one-off thing like the power of word and story in this like crazy magical world that they've developed just incredible yeah. but what a cool way and that's why i thought like the device of him talking to us worked yes because like we're now a part of that. Yep. We're a part of like it's so like cheesy in a way, yeah. but like kind of neat. Like we're a part of the power that the other kind will have. Yeah. In the DC universe. That's really cool. So. Well, if you haven't already been uh, been been interested in it, I think that's if you're never going. You if do you don't it. buy it, you're never going. Yeah, to. and like here's what's funny. Like I'm not saying this is the best jumping on point, but if you haven't been reading Justice League Dark, this is kind of a cool intro. To what it's like to, to what read it Justice is League Dark. like, and especially it, with it not having started its next arc, but this leading up to it, mm-hmm. this is a great way place to, to jump on. Like issue six, fun because of Blue Devil, mm-hmm. but like not really fitting in with what was going on. Just a cool, fun story about Bobo, right? And like really introducing him and like what he's all about in this world. Yeah, this is a better intro to what's going on and what you're in for. Awesome. ABC123, helping us out with a oh, pound. Thank you so much. Uh, Rusky9110 says, this would be a much better... He's talking about detectives. Oh. Uh, this would be a much better story if they hadn't done it six months ago in the same series. Wow, people call me cynical. Um, Sam Anderson says, JL Dark 7 was the perfect horror anthology. It was. It was so good. Double thumbs up. Yeah. ABC123 back says, did you read the new issue of Criminal by Brubaker? Uh, no. I don't read Criminal. So. Like, I don't read Brubaker. I don't read Brubaker. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I would, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but, uh, no. but I'm not reading Criminal. <laughs> and Ben Bastion back says, Sal, would you ever consider doing some Bendis Daredevil and the Superboy age? Oh, Daredevil. That's a separate thought. Yes, I want to do it. I'll grab a trade. And okay. We'll talk about it. Uh, the Superboy age. They changed Superboy's age. Uh, now pisses me off. Also, how does Damien feel about this? Good question. No one's asked him. Uh, I imagine it's going to go something like this. <laughs> like Superboy puts his hand on Damien's head. Yep. Damien's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. This will probably be the last one for the day, so hope you guys have a great day. Well, thank well, you thank very you much, so Ben. Very much. And, uh, it was so kind of you. It was very nice of you to uh, contribute, and thank you very much for the great questions. Uh, so, yeah, uh, The Batman Who Last Number Two came out. Yeah. Um, there we go. It's by Snyder and Jock. Yeah. Uh, this is a six issue miniseries in which we find out, like, what the Batman Who Laughs has been up to outside of a book that no one else is reading. Um, it feels the most like classic Snyder. Basically, Batman forces Alfred to save the Joker's life. Joker shoots himself um, and to release the toxin that's attached to his like vital systems that would be released to turn Batman into the Batman Who Laughs upon his death. Joker kind of realizes, like, that was kind of a stupid idea. 
But in order for Batman to defeat the Batman who laughs, he needs to become the Batman who laughs. So Joker facilitates that by also revealing, by the way, that um, he definitely got into the cave back during Death in the Family. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, he's dying. Uh, Batman is changed. and But because of the Batman who laughs influence on Joker and Batman, both of them are more prepared for him than they would have been had they not gone through DC Metal. Uh, Alfred saves the Joker's life and also is like, you wouldn't kill him. It would be me killing him. Yeah. And Batman's like, you will save his life or I will take you down. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. I, and I, 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 but I like that's like the end of the conversation. Well, I also like in that like Alfred being like, not just the killing part. He's just like, all right, all right, all right. What if we, we'll just, yeah, we'll just he'll make be him... alive, but he'll be brain dead. Right. Like, please, Bruce. Like, it's just like, he's like, okay, okay. I'll meet you halfway. Yeah, I'll meet you halfway. Yeah. We'll turn him into a vegetable. We'll yeah. scud the assassin him. He's just like, oops. Yeah, <laughs> oops, I screwed up. Butterfingers. Oops, I lobotomized him. Oops, Damien showed up and well, killed him while I was... wasn't even working in the right area there. I don't... Yeah. I was thinking about crumpets. It'd be great. But uh, instead, Batman is, like, with this great full-page reveal of Batman, like, basically just plugged into every Joker neurotoxin there is. Yeah. And he's being forced to purge, or at the very least, keep at bay the toxin that will turn him into the Batman who laughs. Right. Um, it makes him partially the Batman who laughs in terms of being, like, short with everybody and quick to freak out. Um, meanwhile... Yeah, he's more of a rage monster. Yeah, because he's turning into that thing. Uh... He's turning into a monster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, more Bruce Waynes who are happy throughout the multiverse are being killed, which, like, frustrates me. Uh, but it's also... But in, a, in an organic story-driven yeah. way where I'm like, oh! <laughs> no! But that's also emblematic of a kind of fun reveal at the end, mm. which we'll get into. Uh, Bullock and Gordon have a conversation about Bruce Wayne, about this alternate Bruce Wayne. Uh, when uh, it turns out the Bullock's on vacation, it's actually Batman in Bullock's costume. He's not on vacation. He's no, he, getting a hernia. He's getting a hernia operation, on. but he wants—he doesn't want anybody to know about. Yeah, so everybody thinks he's on like traffic duty. Yeah, because he's like Gordon's like because Harvey would have rather people thought that than mm -hmm. knew he had a hernia. And I was yeah. like. I liked that character woman for Harvey Bullock mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, like, I love that. Yeah. I also, there, there's a moment in this book where uh, a, a, another cop like goes to Bullock and he's like, hey, Harvey, I can't believe you're here. Well, listen, there we, the, the guy's starting the pool. Based on what you were saying, there's three buckets. And he basically lists two of them. He says, bucket one, the Grim Knight, who was revealed in the series, uh, who's just basically a Batman uh, shot people. Yeah. Uh, the Grim Knight takes down Batman. Bucket two, the Batman who laughs takes down Batman. And bucket three, but like hearing about this makes... Batman Bullock like freak out and he's like we're talking about a freaking case right now man but please by all means what is book three <laughs> put me down for it and he's just screaming at this guy but it's so it was such a or it was such a like naturally good dialogue it, it surprised me okay. it surprised me how natural it felt and I was like that's really cool and Gordon's like chill out Batman yeah whoa then Snyder who hasn't done this in a while pulls a full Snyder we get a goddamn history lesson. Yep. Of something that he made up that was never established, but is now has to be part of the whole history of Gotham. Yep. Uh, and that is like the the laughs or the jokes or something like that. I don't know. The last that, laugh. The last laugh. The idea is that like back in the day, like Gotham was meant to be like the heart of the country in a way, yep. and then they like almost got taken down by the plague, and the idea that like they could have destroyed 
the rest of the country really messed them up. And yep. so, like, they created this thing that would, like... Make Gotham it, autonomous. That would, yeah, it would seal it off, but also be able to inoculate its citizens. Yep. So, obviously, the Batman Labs is going to use it against them. Uh, we have a little interaction between, like, a blind guy who's protecting the last laugh that Batman set up in Wayne Tower. Well, yeah, he set up his own last yes, laugh. Yes, exactly. Uh, which, of course, the Batman Who Laughs knows about. Um, and the Batman Who Laughs uses his identity as Bruce Wayne just in voice, which, of course, no, using it's the... Just, it was his thumb. It was both. No, but he also talks to oh, him yeah, when the yeah. guy is tricked into thinking that it's Bruce Wayne. Because he's blind. Because he's blind, you see. As a bat. Lol. Uh, anyway, the blind guy lets lets uh, the Batman who laughs in. He kills all the security forces. Uh, and then Batman shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm thinking like you. I got the upper hand. Yeah. yeah. And they fight for a minute. And it's funny because they're like, this is like the first confrontation. I'm like, eh, Dark Knight's metal, but whatever. Um, but uh, the Batman who laughs can counter every move because he knows all of them and he's throwing them. But I've, I've made up a few because I'm not, I'm not actually planning. So he just like punches him a lot. Yeah. But that's part of his... His his plan too, because Batman laughs is always ten steps ahead of Batman, because he's Batman. Yeah. And uh, so Batman, real Batman, gets sniped by the Grim Knight, and Dar- and and Batman who laughs is basically like, yeah, we didn't have this idea for this character back when we were making Dark Knight's Metal, but I was saving him for a miniseries. Fine. He's a cool. He's a fun design. He's a cool like idea. I'm happy with that. I but it's also very obvious that it was like we didn't think about the Grim Knight until after we already did it. We established all these like Justice League Grim like Dark Knights. You know what I mean? But we have this yeah, other one. Yeah, but then they would have had to dealt with him, and he didn't want to have him. And dealt he wanted with. to deal with that. He so wanted I, to I keep him around. Him. Yeah. So there he is. He's, yep. he's the Batman who shoots. Joe, Joe Chill dropped the gun, and Bruce Wayne picked, picked it, up. it up. Yeah. I love that. And killed Joe Chill, presumably. Yes. Yeah. It's the Batman who shoots. Yeah. And, the Batman uh, who punished. Yeah, the Batman Punisher. <laughs> uh, so, Batman who laughs, like, you know, he blow. He, he's... They shoot him, by the way, not with a bullet. No. They shoot him with a thing that like, has a taser in it. Yeah, so... It's like, you can't move. And you and you and can't use... And he moves anyway! And you also can't use your voice uh, because yeah, it, 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 has, it like, modulates a... your voice. I was like... We've thought of everything. Anyway, so uh, Batman who laughs gets the last laugh, blows up the building. Batman saves the blind guy, who I was sure was toast. But hey, they you know one nice thing happens. They have to show you that Batman's still Batman, and so like that's the way in which to do that. Exactly. And um, oh, earlier when like Joker was being operated on by Alfred, like he laughs. Yeah. Like while he's breathing. Yeah, he's like, he's... <laughs> I love that. Where Alfred's like, he's jo- he's breathing. He's not laughing. He's not at laughing you. at you. He's breathing. That's how he breathes. I I grant you, it's creepy. Yeah. Um, think about how creepy it is when you're not here and I'm here by myself. Think about how the time when he showed up and he cut my hand off with an axe. Yeah. Think about how when you leave, I'm gonna smother him with a pillow. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, the description of the sound from like when the building collapses and he says like the explosion shakes the city and then silence. That terrible silence before the screaming starts. Yeah. So great. Yeah. That, that's why Snyder gets paid the big bucks. So then Batman basically is like, hey, Joker, you gotta you gotta wake up and tell me what's going on. Yeah. And Joker wakes up. Well, because Alfred says he's, he's like, he's not here, Master Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's, he's totally out. And he's like, no, he's not. He was laughing at me. Wake up. Yeah. And he also, like, just throws away all pretense. He's, like, we know that, like, in, like, the idea, the idea of... That, like, Batman goes to Joker after Joker broke into the cave and death in the family. Uh, death of the family, I should say. You know, the Joker knows who he is. But he has his mask off and he's just like, okay, Joker, all the pretenses are over. Yeah. You gotta tell me what's going on. Joker's like, okay. Like, you know, 
like basically that he knows all your weaknesses. You can't beat him. Right. He knows me. He knows you. You can't beat him. And Gordon earlier in the story was like, I think we have somebody who could help. And Batman's like, shut up. And he leaves. And so Gordon goes to retrieve the last ace in the hole that he could think of, which I guess is the whole theme of like, no one can beat the Batman glass. He's too crazy and evil. So Gordon gets the craziest, most evil person he knows, his son from Black Mirror. Which I didn't read. Which you didn't read. Which is why you're like, so the last, Black Mirror? So the last like, page is not like a holy shit moment for you. I'm like, cool, it's a guy in a baseball cap. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> but basically Gordon like awakens James Jr. Right. So. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> this issue was ex- it was brilliantly written in terms of like the dialogue so, and the execution of the characters. I loved this issue. This and it's a solid. And it's gonna be a sequel to the freaking Black Mirror. Fine, this is it's cool. Like, yeah, it's I missed very the Black cool. Mirror, so I that doesn't hold any. Black Mirror is better than this. I'm. This isn't like I'm like a woo. Like yeah. I like this series because I like watching Jock draw things. Yes. A lot. Mm-hmm. But like this is one of those series that really only works if Batman has no other superhero friends. Right. Ne- well, except no. The thing is, Batman who laughs already killed all of them. Batman doesn't want to bring them in because he knows Batman who laughs would kill them. But I'm just saying, there's no way they don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, that's what frustrates me so that's much. That's every Batman story. Why like, didn't anyone help Batman during Nightfall? Like, you... Like, like, there's no way Alfred was like... Didn't call Clark. I know. Like, hey, Clark. The worst thing that could have possibly, you could have ever imagined is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have a plan? No. I don't. Yeah, my plan is to go to the moon. Well, how about we just take the Batman Who Laughs and put him in the sun? Right. Except, like, but Batman just, Who Laughs probably has, like, kryptonite gum. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I'm just saying, it's just so weird how isolated this really has to be. It has to be totally isolated. And it has to be unrelated to everything else that's happening anywhere else. Yeah. Fine by me. Which is fine, but, this like, Snyder D- it's, it's contingent on DC Metal where everybody had to come together to win. Yep. And we're going to pretend like nobody's at all aware. Yep. Of what's happening in Gotham right now. Yes, because it's unlike... It's like it's a media blackout, no, you know? Like, unlike Doomsday Clock, Snyder gets to do whatever he wants to make his story evergreen. So you can read this ten years from now and be like, this is a really cool story. All right, fine. As opposed to Doomsday Clock, which but, should be like that, but no, instead is ruined I now. get it, but when you like when you tie it into something like, that super, other people are aware of, it makes it kind of weird for me. I agree. That being said, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Sure. Um, Again, this was so like, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. Which I guess is the point where it's just like, for me, I'm like, oh, okay, in the next issue I'll find out, as opposed to everybody else who's like... He's like, oh! Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so I recommend it. Pick it up. Uh, Heartless Fang says, question for Tiffany, have you watched Sailor Moon Crystal? Also, congratulations, 75,000. Can't wait for Friday. Thank you very much. Yeah. That, that theme song, man. <laughs> love it. Super Cliff. Uh, hey, guys, love your channel. Spider-Man 13 was dope. Agreed. Uh, Radvergence. Snyder seems to be doing with Bats what Morrison has done with Superman. Low-key writing, his own universe continuity, also have some money. Well, thank you very much well, for thank the money. thank you. Uh, but yeah, I agree. He's kind of like, well, he's doing, remember the interview that we had with Scott Snyder when he was on Elseworlds Exchange where he was like, Grant Morrison told him that, like, your version of the character has to have a birth and a death. And I feel like we're getting to that for Snyder's Batman. Okay. Where he's, But he's also, like, heavily influenced by Morrison, so there's no way that the parallels don't we end might, there. We might be getting to it, but, oh, I don't know. Actually, maybe. Sorry, no, I was thinking, I was like, he worked with Jock on Black Mirror before he worked with Capullo on his run, and I was yeah. like, wouldn't he want to end it with Capullo? He and will. I'm like, there's a, there's a black label book he's doing. Okay. 
But it's also well, that's like meaningless. Yeah. Yeah, well they still get to do whatever they want. It's true. Uh, and uh, Joshua Wright says, Is the Joker gas is the Joker gas trap new or was it established? It was established by Snyder when he created the Batman who laughs. So yes, it's new. So at what point do you think that um, Gordon will go get his bunny armor? They still have it someplace. Right? That's not going to happen. That would be freaking awesome. He's just like, okay. I've got this. That would be so fun. I'd be such a worth it. Uh, and Gabriel Torbo says, new rule for DC, any major world-causing event, all of the DC superheroes have to at least have a cameo to establish what they're doing. Right. I agree. Like, at least with Justice League Dark... When, like, the shit was hitting the fan when the other kind first... Or with Hecate. Yeah. Hecate took care of that. Yeah, she erased their memories. One yeah. page. That's all you needed. Dark Knight Returns. We have a full page where Superman says, like, Diana went to her people, Hal went to the stars, and that's all the people who could stop me. Like... Yep. You know, just lines that kind of establish where they are. But at the same time, it's also, like, that's meta-comic booking, and I appreciate them just doing a book. Mm. No, I hear you. But, like, um, it's just... Again, it's only because it's tied in originally. I agree. And so I'm no, just no. like, I mean, I regardless of him not calling them in, it's just, I, I feel like they would know, especially with Snyder writing Justice League right now and the mm -hmm. Watchtower being back and like Jean being, which means that this either takes place so out of continuity with everything else. Yeah. Well, what's DC? Which it must. So who, fuck you, who cares? But like, it, it, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows what will happen? Maybe in the next issue, somebody does show up. Yeah. And they're like, hey. Hey, I heard what you said, Tiffany. What? Because I watch your show. Why didn't, why didn't you call us, Bruce? Yeah. This hurts. Because I'm Bruce Wayne, I never call you. And then he just screams at them because he's a, a giant rage Yeah, he's like, shut up, Wally, or Barry, or whoever you are. Or Jean. Yeah, shut up, Jean, get out of my mind. He's like, well, he um, just looks like the seal. Exactly. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, are those the books we've read? Is that everything? Uh, yeah. Great. That's it. Uh, here's some books that we think you should check out that are coming out this week. Uh, I have, like, two. And one of them is a reprint. Uh, okay. Extermination was one of the best X-Men books that I've read in recent years. Uh, it's just kind of a fun, let's fix the crappy, like, time-displaced X-Men nonsense. Okay. Uh, it's written by Ed Brisson with art by Pepe Larraz. It's great. It's just really fun, and it's a, like, calling, it's a, call, a, lot of, a lot of callbacks and continuity fixes, and it's just a little fun story. If you missed it, there's a trade coming out this week, and pick it up and check it out. Okay. Uh, also... Tanyan is continuing to write Justice League because even though the book was billed as a here's Scott Snyder's Justice League, you're going to love it. 50% uh, of it's written by James Tanyan IV, by the way. Uh, here it is, and uh, it's the secrets that Jean has unearthed from Thanagar. If you care about that, check it out. I guess I do. I was enjoying the last issue, so I'm probably going to like this one. Okay. Just Nothing's going like, oh! Okay. I'm not like, oh, this is great! It's just kind of like, okay. Okay, uh, for me... Uh, I was going to start here. Okay. Um, over DC Comics, Curse of Brimstone Annual Number One is <laughs> coming out. Um, it's just a like throwback to like old school like DC horror stuff in a way. Um, Constantine's going to be in it. Um, a bunch of other folk. It, it's an annual, so I figure it's one of those things I can just kind of yeah, totally. I can just grab like check it out. Like I, with 
Tynan doing this whole horror thing right now. Like, I'm really in the mood for that kind of thing. And so. it's fresh in his mind, so he's going to probably, like, lean towards it anyway. Right. Well, it's not even his work, but, like, I'm just saying right now, I'm looking for more of that. Oh, I and so see. I will take it pretty much anywhere, so I'm willing to check this out. We've got, yeah. we got magic, supernatural, and horror, so, hey, what's not to love about that? Agreed. Um, in the same vein, Marvel, thanks to its 80th anniversary this year... Um, is putting out Crypt of Shadows, which is an all-new horror story, but it's an anthology with some classic titles in there. Um, I'm going to check it out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love the fact that, like, these two companies had this, like, part of their history where it wasn't all superhero comics. It was, like, westerns and war romance. comics and romance and horror. And I'm like... I'm, I don't know if it's going to be in that vein where it's like campy horror stuff or look it's, like it. <laughs> it's a modernized version of it. So I definitely want to check this out. Uh, a bunch of people working on this. So I don't know. Kind of neat. Totally. And then also from uh, Marvel, they're putting out two reprints in honor of Conan. Conan. Um, these are both, I think, around from the 70s. So yep. True Believers King Conan number one will be released. It's a dollar. So if you're interested to check out old school Conan, it's a dollar. Yeah. So you could do that. And you could also check out the True Believers Conan Secret of Skull River number one. Again, another reprinting. Kazar's in it. It's a dollar. So makes if a lot you're of sense. looking f- to like just check in and, and like be like, all right, what the heck was like old school Conan like if you weren't reading it or haven't read it? Um, this is a kind of interesting time to, to grab like an issue or two and Agreed. not really be committed to anything. Yeah, totally. Uh, so those books are coming out this week on Wednesday. You can check them out. You should pick mm-hmm. them up um, in the Super Chats. Uh, Ali Al-Zaid uh, Ziadi says, uh, Far From Home trailer thoughts. Uh, I loved it. I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, Punisher Season 2 I haven't seen yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it because I hear it's dope. It's like you're saving yourself. Right? I am. I really am. And Comic Boom says, <laughs> Snyder's doing a decent job of Justice League. Yeah, he is. So, from there, we'll see you guys next week with another episode of Off the Rack. Of course, this week, there's a lot of stuff happening. Let's talk about what's happening. Elseworlds Exchange returns on Wednesday. This episode will be released officially on Tuesday. Uh, Also, Wednesday night, Back Issues comes out. What are we doing? A big old Captain Marvel book. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Yes. Uh, After that, uh, Thursday, um, I I think that's it. I think think after that, Friday is going to be... The big show, and that's the 75,000 subscriber special where we hit 75K organically and naturally, and we've scraped and clawed for five years to get 75,000 subscribers, and we've earned every single one of them, and we're celebrating with you uh, by yeah. doing a big old live show here in the studio, uh, starting at 3 p.m. and going until whenever Ethan has to leave. Uh, yes. <laughs> so we're going to be hanging out on Friday, so uh, you know, grab a big old thing of popcorn, uh, make your bathroom breaks, and you know, hang out with us. Uh, we're gonna do a lot of fun stuff. I'm really, um, I'm looking forward to it, and we're gonna, we're gonna try and really make it work, uh, so that we can like try to make it more than just us sitting on the couch reading questions. We are gonna do that too. Yeah, uh, this is gonna be a little of everything. Uh, agreed. So uh, hang out with us this week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yes. And we'll see you then. Uh, of course, if you want to get behind the scenes access and early access to videos, go to Patreon.com/slash/ComicPop. Along with watching these videos here on this channel, that helps us. Uh, that exclusively pays for this. All this shit. Uh, is paid by the Patreon and the more uh, that happens over there the more we can treat that like its own thing where we can make Patreon exclusive shows Mm -hmm. we already have one actually from Elseworlds Exchange called One Shots it's a podcast that you can only find on Patreon Uh, it's by me and whoever is working at the time on Elseworlds Exchange Uh, it's a little like 10 to 20 minute long show that is a totally different topic that spun out of what we talked about from the previous show so 
think you're really going to enjoy it if you are looking for exclusive content. But uh, that helps us survive and do all this shit, and uh, we can't do it without you. So we want to thank you, and we'll see you guys next time with another episode. I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. So long, everybody. Bye, guys.